Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing The Mandalorian. Peter, big fan of The Mandalorian? Yes, I am. Good. Um, so, uh, I've been catching up on loads of Star Wars. Uh, the, the amount of Star Wars and other big uh, sci-fi things, the amount of content being generated is, is phenomenal these mm. days. Uh, so, yeah, I've big, been big catching up on Star Wars. And uh, a thought occurred w- watching it. Um, the, the, it. There's a lot of sort of inconsistencies in the Star Wars universe. Mm. Uh, inconsistencies with reality, um, but that's not what I'm, what I'm particularly interested in. It's like inconsistencies within the universe mm. itself. And I, I wondered, maybe these inconsistencies are in some way necessary to make it an interesting story yeah. or an interesting platform for stories. Because it, uh, it occurred to me that well, if it was all completely internally consistent, it would end up potentially being just as boring as real life, right? You'd end up with, it'd, be, it'd become Neighbours or EastEnders rather mm. than Star Wars. Mm. And I just thought, well, maybe in fiction, you need these inconsistencies in order to provide you with fr- degrees of freedom to explore interesting well, give things. Give us some examples. Well, yeah. Before oh, yeah, I'd love to uh, give you some examples. There's loads I want to get off by yeah. chest. Yeah, yeah, no, we need, to get, we need to get straight into it. But, but just before you do, <clears throat> um, I'm not sure if I agree with the premise that you know anything that's factual has to be boring but also I think in factual stuff you can still have your facts and your consistencies but it's how you put those all together yeah, it's I'm how sure you we'll construct g- I'm sure, it I'm sure right? we'll go on to discuss about that. narrative mm. as well but nonetheless we're all itching to hear yeah, the inconsistencies them. well uh, f- just a few that uh, I picked out the top of my head on the way in this morning but okay so the galaxy's massive in mm. Star Wars that's one of the big things about Star Wars universe is everything is big the scale of everything is big you get exposed to thousands of different species and th- from thousands of different planets um and yet all the key events evolve around a very small clique <laughs> right <laughs> Every, the whole everything that goes on in the in this galaxy is driven by one family and their associates <laughs> and everybody knows each other mind you that's a bit like the uk isn't it is it though yeah uh, you know, think of all the day, daily life that goes on in the UK. It's fairly, fairly just, significant. Just all the businesses, all the, all the stuff that people just do. Just substitute the Jedi Academy for Eton. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the UK. I suppose that's... Okay, fair enough. Tick off the list. Um, right, uh, like... Revi- okay, this is a more of a scripty writing one, but revisions to the ca- and changes to canon. Yeah, go on. So there's... there's, there's uh, I'll, I'll, I won't list any, but there's... A, there's the, you'll... you'll uh, probably a guess that there's a TV Tropes uh, article that lists them all for you. Right, so, good. Um, but they, 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 they sort of re- this revisionist history of the Star Wars universe so that they can make more space... Go on, go on. Um, ...for new stories. So there's, like, uh, references that Yoda makes to the Chosen One. Originally, it was obviously supposed to be Luke, mm. right? Uh, but then they changed it to uh, Anakin Skywalker mm. um, because he then defeats... 
the emperor. And they just change, they just change, change lots of things all the time. Okay. At whim of yeah, the... yeah. That, when they ask, it's got to, they need to hang a bit of story on something. So they're yeah. like, oh, let's just have a prophecy or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Sith. There's only two Sith. It, it says here now, and then <laughs> and then and then yeah, and as you and say, it... like that, you can end up writing yourself into this corner. Then as a mm. result, it's like you needed that at the moment, at the time you did it. But then you've created this new rule. Yeah, yeah. And, and of mm. course, if you're going to stick to it, as you say, I think every word you write in the Star Wars universe is going to form something which could constrain your future exactly. freedom of movement. Every choice you make only reduces the possibilities. Yeah. 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 Um, Stormtroopers not being able to hit anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're pretty technologically advanced uh, in this universe. They can do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but they haven't learned to shoot straight. Yeah, well, and, they haven't got automated targeting modules for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Why not? Well, but well, why not just better training? Yeah. <laughs> or why? Why? And if they're that good, if they're if they're that bad, why do they keep making more of them? Yeah, yeah. Make clo <laughs> make clones of someone who can shoot properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, size and scale of ships and things like Death Star, right? They're pretty big. Oh yeah, Death Stars, all kinds of different sizes depending yeah. on what they need to and do. And the speed, the speed at which they're built. So they went. So the new order went from basically almost, basically the fleet main fleet was wiped out, Battle of Yavin, and they rebuilt it in twenty years. Not only that, but the Death Star took approximately twenty years to build. Uh, Star Killer, the big one in the new. The more recent movies. We don't talk about took, those. Took around 25, 30 years to build, and it's much, much, much bigger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but but it, but it, when they when they go to the Death Star in Episode Four, when they go to rescue Princess Leia, um, it's you know this thing is meant to be the size of like Europe uh, or something, well, and yet they, they sort of go, oh, she's on that well, floor. That, Let's get the lift. Yeah, that's no it's moon. Like getting, it's like, that's yeah, no moon. Exactly. Right. Let's say it's, if it was the size of a, even a small moon, you can't just get a lift in five minutes from you know from from Paris to to uh, Rome. It's like. Yeah, you know that this, it, but the, we don't care because it would be very boring to see them travelling around. <laughs> An hour-long movie yeah. of them travelling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they, but they're doing, well, doing a crossword. But, they, but then, that, so that's physics. So, but there's all, all sorts of physics things. But I think that's straying towards the realism versus uh, inconsistencies, inconsistencies within. within. Mm, right. Is there more, or is it ready then, for Chris to come in, or is there something within this list you need to comment on, I Chris? I, or, I, I or, feel like we've got the idea. Yeah. But it's not just Star Wars. It's everything. It's, it's yeah. Star Trek. It's Lord of the Rings. It's everything. It's got yeah. these sort of annoying, like changes or inconsistencies that mean that I think it's just the writers writing their way out of a corner. Mm. Okay, Chris. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think this is this is a really interesting kind of uh, area because for fiction to work, suspension of disbelief is essential. Right. Like when, when you're what, from the earliest days of fiction, theater, you know, th those kinds of things, th you have to suspend your disbelief. Mm -hmm. You know, wh why am I seeing this person's life and not intervening? Right. At a fundamental level, you, 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 you have to, you know, why doesn't time move properly? You know, why aren't I watching every single element of this? Why aren't why isn't anyone going to the toilet? You know, for ah, you for, for for fiction to to be able to exist in any of its forms you have to accept that it's not reality right and therefore that you've been either presented some like you were saying about documentaries in a sense documentaries are fiction yeah, right absolutely. it's not it's not you're not actually watching the events in person and being part of them right yeah. so so suspension of disbelief is essential 
And we accept that. And some of it we're happy to go with and some of it we're not happy to go with. And I think I think what's interesting is what are the things that we're we're not happy to go with? Why do they annoy us? And and that's something that I think we can we can tease on. The other thing is what Peter's talking about really is world world building world generation world consistencies and that's so you know we can there are, there are character inconsistencies like this this character's behaved in a way that wasn't consistent with um there are plot holes there are continuity errors where somebody walks on with the wrong watch but i think what peter's talking about is is the idea of, of world building which is about the environment in which the story takes place right it's it's got and it's got a particular role in fiction mm. and that role in fiction is uh particularly important to certain types of people and in particular types of genre you know um think of uh, if you open if you get a novel and you open the novel and there's a map at the front of the novel, right? Mm. Your reaction to that tells you the extent to which you're likely to be annoyed by world-building problems. <laughs> I think. So, so, and, and I'm sure Nick and Peter know exactly what I mean. You know, for me, whenever I got an, a book and there was a map in the front of it, I was like, "Oh yes, this is good. this is this is me." You know, this is a world to explore here. Uh, whereas most sort of sniffy literary fiction people would would you know, that, that would be it for them. They'd have made their mind up by not even getting to page one. Frankly. But apparently enormous family mm. trees are okay because yes. Tolstoy has, uh, is full of them. Mm. Quite, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a, a dramatic... Uh, a dramatis personae. Dramatis personae, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so I think that's quite... quite I think what we're, what we're sort of talking about is particular types of problems or inconsistencies and ones that relate to the world in which in, in which um, the stories take place. Okay, because we need to be careful here that you know um, to not tread to not tread you know a well trodden path. Because ultimately, we need I think we need to steer clear of saying, "Hey, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story." Right? Um, yeah, but and, that's that's it's patently the case that you need. You need some rules, otherwise the drama doesn't make sense. Yes. Right. So, but also, no. I think also what we're talking about is this world building thing is important. But also, I think really what we're talking about is balance. Is that about right? About the balance in the force. Um, that as well. I, well, always, always that. No. So I do want to define some terms. So, and I and I think this is where we might discover the some you know where where there's an interesting tricky middle ground. Okay. Right. So uh, obviously, consistency is about uh, the the work, the fi fiction as a whole, uh, actually, like, not contradicting itself, mm -hmm. effectively. You, you can't have, you know, well, they travel at the speed of light one day, and the next day, suddenly, it's really, really hard to do that. Things like, I mean, to take Star Wars as an example, the fact that uh, in in the Last Jedi that this some this thing called the uh, the Holdo maneuver, which where, was the Last Jedi? Oh, it's one of the one of the new ones, ones, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. where Admiral Holdo uh, accelerates the ship to light speed and uses it as a weapon to destroy this like enemy star destroyer thing, and and it's like, well, why has nobody done that ever before? And and the the answer is a load of a load of cobbled together retroactive nonsense about oh well you know it's illegal and nobody's thought of it before and there has to be a human on board none of which is believable in the context of everything else in you've ever seen in star wars so that's consistency it's like it's like is it is has it contradicted itself and the problem is i think if it does then we have a very deep-seated um 
well, for one thing, logically, it becomes impossible to suspend disbelief. You can't believe two contradictory things at the same time. So I guess that is the hardest form of um, of uh, of undermining suspension of disbelief is, is to tell people two contradictory things about the universe they're watching. I think because we can do that all the time. But anyway, keep well, going. OK, fine. But I mean, OK, that's so that's what I'm saying. So that's consistency. And then we have realism, which, you know, we've touched on. But realism means it is uh, obeys the rules of our universe and our world. And um, then another kind of realism, which is getting even sort of higher, like the most realistic level of realistic, mm. is when the facts about the world is set on Earth. The people in the real world appear in the film, etc. Right. So you, when you've got the facts about the world. Now, I think we want to say consistency. Absolutely. Pretty much got to be there. But you can play you can play with the rules of the universe a bit. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that's OK as long as you're consistent. But you're in the realms of fantasy and, and sci-fi there. Um, but you, there's also like you, you can you can change facts. People are, this is the, the, the thing that people are most happy for you to do is changing facts about the world. So, for example, the West Wing is, I think, realistic. People want it to be like the real um, White House. But the president is totally fictional. So that's weird when you think about it. OK, I'm watching this very realistic drama about American politics, but actually it's about someone who doesn't exist. Um, Titanic, another one where it's sort of realistic and it kind of needs to be sort of realistic to work. Um, but um, but the main characters don't exist. And in fact, there's a thing called the celebrity paradox, which is one of those really it's like a really fundamental um, it's like, have, you know, you're not the camera, but you know the camera has to exist in the real world for you to be watching it. Yeah. In, notionally, you're seeing it from a viewpoint. Now, that viewpoint doesn't exist. Now, it's to say the celebrity paradox is the fact that in the real world, if you were, if you, if the Terminator was real. Yeah, people and Arnold would, Schwarzenegger People can't... would go, you look just like Arnold Schwarzenegger all the time. Exactly. And uh, But most importantly, that the work of fiction you're watching doesn't exist. And that and that is most egregious, actually, in, in soap operas, because um, lots of people watch watch EastEnders but no one in EastEnders watches EastEnders yeah because if they did they would become aware that horribly that their lives are being shown to millions yeah. of people yeah. around Britain so 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 that's there's like so what I'm saying is you you can't ever eliminate it completely quite but but that there are different levels of rules that you're allowed to change so I was saying that at the bottom you're allowed to change facts about the world in fact it's required so some facts about the world can change for sure like mostly stories are about fictional characters you're allowed you're allowed to change the rules of the the universe right a bit but then mm. we're in the realm of sci-fi and fantasy but what you're definitely not allowed to do is contradict yourself so that's that's there we go anyway just to finish i can't yeah. i can't hold on to this it. like in oh. the west wing um it, it, i'm just repeating what you're saying but from another angle like martin sheen can't exist in the west wing right mm. so that yeah, yeah, yeah. that and not just him but all those other actors yeah right um, so it's already quite unlike the real world. Exactly. Yeah, like you'd have to if they were talking about which films they like, uh, and and they said, "Oh, Apocalypse Now." Have you ever seen that? Right. Uh, Martin Sheen's character wouldn't yeah. be able to go. Yeah, I was in it. In fact, <laughs> he'd have to say, "Yeah, there's a guy in it who looks just, just like me yeah. when I was younger." But the, one of but, the weirdest uh, things <laughs> on that note is when you have a celebrity cameo in fiction. Yes, that's that kind like, of yeah. Uh, but they their cameo is as the celebrity who may actually know one of the actual actors right. 
in all starts to get a bit Asia. weird when you very, try when you break it down when you deconstruct it and just also just finish off the um but actually sometimes it is broken on purpose and that's mm. quite nice when that happens i'm thinking about um uh what's the eddie murphy film one of his early ones um trading places trading places that happens in that when references to itself and and fourth wall and all that business anyway yeah there's that that one moment where he looks at the camera while mm. someone's explaining something to yeah. him as if to say these guys think i'm morons yeah and it works really well yeah and there's a scene in blade as well with wesley snipes when he, he's just killed a, a vampire yeah and he, and he looks at the camera and does a fist pump it's a really yeah. good moment <laughs> and there's another one any murphy one where i think we've talked about this before where and it's coming to america and his character in there who's completely different different universe different world um, chuck some cash to some beggars yeah. in the street who of course is Morty and um, mm. the yeah, other guy who, who got, who got bankrupted in there. Yeah. It's a nice crossover. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nick, keep going. I stopped. I interrupted well, you. Well, no. I, so I, so I, anyway, that's so I, I suppose I've just defined what kinds of unrealism yeah. we might be talking about. Um, so, so mm. I, you know, d changing facts, uh, which is okay, and then changing uh, the laws of the universe. Mm. Right. Mm. But I suppose this is where I want to bring in my, I suppose my point is it actually is quite difficult uh, to do some things which feel like it's just a change of facts, um, carry with them a bunch of uh, sort of metaphysical rules that you need to obey in order not to be, in, not to actually accidentally end up at inconsistent right mm. so so it's a bit like importing a software library or something you know instead of having to code it from scratch um in star wars for example you don't we don't spend ages learning what these people are like they're mm. not humans they evolved in a different galaxy for example a long time ago mm. um but George Lucas obviously worked out it was much easier if we just said just assume these people are exactly like humans so we don't have to spend ages work, work learning that they're actually pretty like humans. So he downloads the human module mm. and inserts it into Star Wars. But aha, now we now he's got a problem on his hands because he's also then has to have a bunch of rules about how humans work. And he's now not allowed to violate those um, without being. So he, he couldn't, for example, have Luke being exactly like he is. But for some reason, you know, when photosynthesizes, yeah, or, or that he looks at, yeah. yeah, every time they look at the color red, they explode or something like that. Like that, the problem is that would all start feeling like it was a contradiction. Mm. Um, even though actually you could say, well, no, it's just the laws of the universe are a bit different about these specific creatures. Mm. They're actually not like humans. It turns out here's some ways that they're, they're different. Mm. Um, I think that would, we'd mm. start to feel a bit cheated then. Um, I like your. You've got a sort of hierarchy of plausibility yeah. um, rules set. Uh, yeah, rules for a hierarchy of rules for plausibility for fiction. I think that that's interesting because I think the, the, they are slightly reordered for plausibility in real life. Go on. Go on, yeah. Because I think the, the most fundamental thing you can't get away from are fundamental science principles like um, the physics and the economics mm. of the universe. You can't change those. If you change those, that's obviously and very apparently inconsistent. But things you are allowed to change to be remain plausible would be people's names or people's, mm. uh, some of the facty things. You know, you could say, well, the population of, of the UK is 65 million, but it might be 70 million. Yeah. They're both plausible, <laughs> right? Um, what was the, th the third one is? Oh, well, the inconsistency is inconsistency the worst. Yeah, the stories. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that, and that you could also change. So you can have in, 
It happens every day in courts of law. Two people, two parties are arguing different series of events mm. to explain an outcome. Um, mm. So that, 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 that is totally plausible that either one is true. Otherwise, mm. it's a waste of court time. And I don't know if it's similar to that or not, but what can be really tricky um, in documentary is when something truly, really looks utterly implausible, but actually is true, whatever that mm. means, is telling that story in a way that actually reveals it or makes it feel true, mm. even mm. though it is true. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Chris. Uh, well, I, I think that there, there is this tension in fiction or storytelling, uh, which is, uh, which relates to um, a, a theory from social psychology called construal level theory, um, by, by uh, sort of devised and developed by Trope and, and Lieberman. Um, and this sort of argues that the, the more um, distant an object, mm. right, and I'll define distance in a minute, the more abstract our thought about it tends to be, and the more proximal, the more concrete our thought tends to be. But distance isn't, it is partly defined, you know, geographically, that's, that's an element of distance, but it's also uh, socially and um, uh, temporally as well. So, so, you know, one of the examples they give is when you book a holiday, right, and I'm about to go on holiday tomorrow, mm. um, when you book the holiday, you're thinking in broad terms about your holiday. But as it gets closer, you're like, I'm going tomorrow, I'm starting to think about how many pairs of pants I need and taxi rides from the, mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. the airport. So you're, you're sort of zero in. And for a story to, to uh, be engaging and, and feel realistic, it needs to have elements of, um, and they talk about sort of high level uh, construal and, and low-level construal, which basically kind of means um, abstract down to, to, to concrete. Um, for a story to be believable and for you to immerse yourself in the world, you have to start getting people to think in a more concrete way, right? That's where the realism of the story comes. Yep. You want them to think about the details of the way the world works yep. and what's going on. How many pants Luke Skywalker's How got? many pants likes Luke Skywalker? Yeah, and the fact got. that they don't bring any spares or indeed change at all for what looks like months or right, weeks. Exactly. So so but when you want to get that that immersion, you need to show them a bit of of, of detail like, of like the the, the um, you know the the control uh, system on a ship or something like that with loads of buttons on that looks detailed right you know you, mm. you, you sort of give that um, that impression of detail uh, but obviously the more detail you create um, the more bogged down the world gets but the more likely you are to create some inconsistency so so it's this sort of match between wanting to operate at the abstract wavy hand kind of oh there were some clone wars uh, you know, oh, that sounds interesting, and and you do that imagination piece. So you you give the the reader, the the audience, something to to imagine. Um, through to uh, right, we really want you to be immersed in this situation. So we need to see, you know, them making a cup of coffee or something, you know, and and hear them breathing heavily or whatever it, whatever it is and um yeah that that sort of that that kind of tension the more the more detail you add the more a the author has to have thought it all through yeah every single aspect of how it might have gone wrong which is obviously to create an entire world in your head is is pretty much impossible um and to think about those 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 sort of consistency so the art from the author's um, perspective is 
how do you give the impression of detail without having laid out all this boring detail and probably painted yourself into that corner that, um, mm, that yeah. we were talking about earlier? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and I feel like actually that's quite a good way of thinking about, I know we've done one on rings of power and I, I but I'll never tire of slacking it off. What's rings of um, power? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, you know, you you feel that the authors, the screen screenwriters have really not got as far as the detail bit and they go, right, but what if these army, they can take an army from Numenor and they go and they fight the orcs and it's going to be great. And they, uh, but, and what they haven't really done is said, well, how many ships do you need how big is the army going to be yeah. how are they going to feed themselves how, what's the distance they've got to travel you know how are they going to um how are they going to uh, you know what how are they going to know where they're meant to go uh, all of these things that that you leaving it at that abstract level you as a viewer you just know you just know that this isn't right on a you, because they're failing to answer those questions yeah, that yeah. you have this just got me thinking about plumbing on Tatooine, you know, yeah. and just thinking about because all these different planets, different sizes, I presume there's different gravity going on. And so what happens when you flush the loo and how does that work on Tatooine? Yeah, because and, and they, well, they, they, isn't there such a thing as a sand toilet? Yes, there yeah, is. Yeah, they, they use them. The, the army use them, don't they, when they're in the desert oh, and stuff? Yes, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. also, and I have a, called a spade. particular page yeah. of my engineering uh, yeah. manual. But also, uh, one thing that occurs to me, I mean, the Family Guy did it really well, which is you know the lack of health and safety going on at uh, on the Death Star. You know, oh yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, just give me a handrail. Like I'm here looking at a two hundred foot thing, but there's no, there's no handrail. Also, all I want but, is a handrail. But the point is, some of it we're happy to let slide. Yeah. Right. Mm. You know, we don't want them to tell us about toilets on Tatooine. Um, but, but you have to sort of feel like there would be an answer if you asked it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, if they do show you a toilet on Tatooine for some reason, you you sure as hell want it to make sense and be consistent with the other bits of detail they, they've wanted. So it, yeah. it really is this idea, it's almost like human vision, that what you're looking at there you see in lots of detail and everything around here your brain is more or less putting together based on you know not, not a huge amount of... Uh, of visual information. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got some other. Well, no, so before you go in, um, I just, I just feel at the moment what we're saying is, yeah, yeah. There's this, and there's yes, there's this, and we need to think about this and that, and oh, it's all. I think so far we're in the business of of complaining without giving solutions or or, or, or draw it all together. I mean, what are we trying to say here, other than that? Oh, it's difficult. I mean, well, I just don't. No, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to try and get to that. Excellent. But, but, but only because so, so the okay. So what is what are the trade offs? We've we've talked about this problem of you know the more you, you the more you want people to be engaged, the more you need to answer questions that they have about the universe and how it works, um, and also probably you need to draw in a lot of other things like humans and just say mm. right these are these are humans uh, this is the White House and if you've done that well bad luck because you're going to need to make sure that that behaves according to the real world thing mm. so this is, has to be like the white house and that has to be like humans um so so you're you're getting the benefit of all of that as a writer but you have to make sure that you're paying the price which means that those answers have to now work right what you what you show happens mm. has to work but there's also uh, and i think this is close to what peter was talking about at the beginning this problem of like where does it conflict with uh, actually getting the way of fun like, yes. like, are there some mm. things that we want? So, for example, ammo is probably the biggest, the most unrealistic thing that you routinely get yeah. is in fiction is people not, you know, it's just people firing constantly and not reloading their guns or worry, even worrying about ammo yeah, conservation yeah, yeah. or anything. Because it would be really boring in a work of fiction to have people, you know, just 
conserving ammo all the time and having to watch people carrying ammo back and forth and that kind of thing. Um, but there's there's a whole load of other things, just things that, are, you know, if they're cool, we just, you know, let them slide. But I think they have to be. They're not allowed to break that kind of rule of consistency if it means the plot depends on it. So yeah. that would be my, I think yeah. I'd say, so So. So the acceptable breaks from reality are all stuff that don't really matter. Like, um, you know, like yeah, the, what the TV tropes call the one Steve limit, which is that you, you can't have two characters called Steve because that would just be confusing. So you'd say, Unless you make it a thing. Yeah, well, exactly, you know, yeah. 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 But things like, yeah, like, um, yeah, not worrying too much about uh, travel times. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's like th those are the things that um, we're happy, not as long as they don't affect the story. Um, yeah. And uh, but the problem the problem is when you've uh, is when you haven't noticed that there's an inconsistency built in. Yeah. And I would say going back to Star Wars and and, and I mean one one thing that Star Wars is very good at I think is like lacing in lots of bits of detail mm. and not really fully explaining it as seeds for future authors to do something with later on. Yeah. Because um, this is this is a bugbear I have with. Um, Star Trek universe. Everything's sort of too clean and precise within the Star Trek universe. <clears throat> Systems always work, uh, and people can always fix them really quickly until they can't, right? Until a plot point is needed. Oh, suddenly the warp drive doesn't work yeah. anymore, or suddenly the communications are offline. As like the key part, key enabler to allow the story to happen the way that it happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. It's it's. It's infuriating. Yeah, I so think... basically the plot, I think what we're saying is the plot has to be rigorous. That's got to obey the rules and yeah. it's got to not contradict itself. And it, and it has to be consistent with things that the story is relying on. Um, you know, in general, the rules of the things that the story is relying on. So, right. so you know, if you have a gun... You, you can't just make it sort of suddenly, um, you know, uh, fire lasers because you need it to do that. Mm. If, you, if, you've, if you've previously not mentioned that fact and it's just it's supposed to yeah. be just a gun. So, so any, but I think the, what we're saying is you're allowed to bugger around with other stuff as long as it doesn't affect the plot. Yeah, right? That's I, the, I think put it even more simply, anything goes as long as in, in aggregate it contributes to fun. As it to, were, yeah. To yeah, yeah. But as long uh, no, uh, not the plot. But well, but the plot. With, but but within that, there's a there's a there's a cascade of the plot. So I think that can that encompasses everything we're talking about. So um, the plot itself should contribute towards the overall aim of fun and getting enjoyment from it. So inconsistencies in the plot are allowed mm. as long as they don't detract from the fun. In, no, I'm, I'm not, not allowing I inconsistencies in the plot. Exactly. So therefore, they're not allowed. They're not allowed. But but what I'm saying is that people, I'm not going to get too worked up if someone's got, you know, uh, a uh, it, in a horror film or something. You know, like someone's, you know, when they close the mirror and the baddies behind them. Yeah. That just doesn't work in real life. Someone can't get into the bathroom without you realising you'd hear them. It's just completely implausible. But it doesn't matter because the point is that that person's going to get murdered. That's the key plot point is they're mm. going to get murdered by the baddie. We know that that could happen in a realistic way, but it doesn't really matter that it happens in an unrealistic way. That's the point. Like this person murdering that person is the key thing. Precisely how that works doesn't affect the overall story. So you're allowed yeah. to be, you're allowed to have this rule of spooky. It's allowed to happen because it's spooky and scary. Um, 
but you know you're not allowed for example to have someone being killed by someone else in a different town or something just totally made up or unrealistic yeah. or, or coming back to life again or, yeah all oh, that yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of thing yeah exactly uh, right so listen i want to grope towards um um con a conclusion here then i've got a question uh, chris where do you want to take us or peter i mean let, well or, or I, 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 I was just gonna i was just gonna sort of say and i think another kind of um rule or another way to sort of tip of um of uh mitigating the risk of um, of inconsistencies is uh, to sort of be impressionistic. Uh, and there are lots of devices that allow you to be impressionistic. And one of the ones that I particularly like is the sort of use of artifacts or, you know, um, historical, uh, you know, references to historical things. Yeah. So, you know, when, they're, when they arrive on a planet or something and there are ruins there or... Um, you know, they, they come across a journal that somebody has has produced, which you only get little excerpts of. The, the, so where you, you actually give a small amount of, of detail uh, and that detail opens up a world of imagination in, 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 in the person, but you haven't actually committed yourself to yeah. a set of a set of facts. Yeah, I um, went to the Harry Potter studios a, a couple of years ago with my mm -hmm. kids, and um, I was really impressed by how much effort they put into those really incidental things, like the um, books that they just have lying around, for example. They, they are, they've made actual, like, magic textbooks with, mm -hmm. with, with, you know, 40 pages in, each with different diagrams and writing. And it's, re it's really impressive. And that, for that reason, because, you know, if you someone is going to pause the video and go, that's just mm. the same page five times. So, you know, they have mm. to. And, 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 and that attention to detail, there's something about that attention to detail that that works even though you don't see all the 40 pages there's something it's like Tolkien creating a language in the you know a whole language yeah. of which you see hardly any but the, nevertheless the, the, spade there's put in. The, the, the depth of it just comes through in some way there's a really potent mixture i think of of diligence and imagination going on there i think mm. um uh, Peter. I, I, I like uh, with chris the, the thing i one of the things i like most about drama movies and and uh, uh well well fiction generally these high you know this big production value uh, fiction is the set design prop design costume design the script can usually go hang and it does it's awful hmm. a lot of the time but the the way that the universe is painted for you on your on your screen <clears throat> is often the most interesting thing just the, the level of detail the level and Somebody will spend weeks working on a prop that that might have half a second screen time and things. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, really. Impressive. And it does. It builds to. Yeah, it's 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 relevant and valuable. Well, you know, like red letter media have this phrase which they use, uh, which is that you you might not notice, but your brain does. Yeah. You know, and I think that's right. Yeah, no, I think quite. that's right. You you you. It's that feeling, that uneasy feeling of hang on, they've skipped something here. Whereas when you get that little bit of detail, it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like Master and Commander, one of my favourite films ever, full of that 
they don't even explain it. It's just like, okay, there's a bit of procedure. There's some lingo you don't understand. But the point is, you know that you're you're looking at something which somebody has really tried to make look realistic. Mm. And and it's like, well, I'm much more willing to, I'm there with them now because I'm, I'm seeing what life is like on a ship in the 18th century. Well, interesting, actually, because Master and Commander, actually, I've only watched it once. I didn't think it was very good, actually. But this makes me want to go back and watch yeah, it should. again. I'm still not convinced I would be into it anyway. But also, famously, the books, Master and Commander, mm. oh, my God. God, like six pages on rigging. It just, they, the, the books go too much into it. And if you want maybe, sort of... Maybe for your taste. Well, but also if you really want sort of more rip-roaring, but in a similar sort of fashion. I don't. Uh, if. Right. Um, it would be Horatio Hornblower and all those books, right? Which are much more rip-roaring yeah. and, mm. you know, just give me a paragraph sharp, on the yeah. rigging. That's fine. Sharp at sea. Yeah, yeah. well, mm, yeah. Um, anyway, right. We're going to stop there. Um, except I've got a question. Go on. We need to be quick with this one. Favorite universe, right? Favorite universe. I think we're probably talking in fiction because why? Why? You know? Why would? Why would you just? You know? Well, um, you're not allowed to choose this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could, but I think you know. Um, favorite universe in any kind of fiction, I suppose, whether it's book, film, whatever. Um, as soon as anyone's got an answer, go for it. Star Wars, because Des despite its inconsistencies. Um, it just, it just, it's just vast. Uh, the, the way it's described, the, the scale of everything. Every, every book uh, that you know, I read as a teenager, the movies, the, the TV series, the games. They're all. One thing they all get right is describing these enormous ancient things that are just around that people have forgotten about, the big temples and things, or just the scale that they that they produce in the the, you know, the fleets and the ships. They're they're all enormous. But then. They screw it up by by having an inconsistency during some sort of scene. But mm. and I love the whole yeah the Jedi, the the magic of the Jedi and all that business and yeah. Anyway yeah, um, let's go uh, for Chris. You, yeah yeah Chris is uh, usually yeah, yeah um, so uh, I um, I think it's no secret probably that mine would be Middle Earth. Uh, I, I'd also add in though the Dune universe, but um, one mm. thing I wanted to, to to clear up about Middle Earth is, is talking about inconsistencies. Is it always comes up this idea of the eagles? Why didn't they just mm. fly in? And it's it's not an inconsistency at all. No. Like what you're just you, being a fanboy, it's obviously ridiculous. <laughs> what you have to remember this is, this is, is, that, this is. <laughs> is that Sauron exists, right? He's the all-seeing eye, and the whole point of of hobbits scuttling along the ground is that that's the only way you can you can get into Mordor without being spotted if you fly in on a, a you know the, this yeah. king of the eagles then those beasts that you know the Nazgul fly or yeah. you know he's he's going to use his powers to to thwart you so it's all about it's so, so always, um, yeah, always. I think that's a point well made. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to get that off my, yeah. off my chest. There's a fairly yeah. universal sort of um, uh, thing used in stories because they, they explain why they're able to blow up the Death Star for the same reason. It's they, yeah. they, they have this whole Tarkin doctrine, which means the, em the Empire is all about being big and impressive, having big guns, and they always forget the small guns. Yeah. yeah. Um, the exhaust ports. Yes. Yeah. Exhaust port. yeah. yeah. One thing I struggle though with um, 
with um, the Tolkien world, but more in the films. I don't think it really comes out in the book. Is I sometimes get few confused, especially in the Shire. Are we because the world essentially feels medieval, right? Mm. Um, and yet it looks they're Edwardian. Oddly, in, oh, I was going to say or, oddly or, Georgian, or, yeah, and maybe yeah, it, yeah. And, yeah and, there and, are Edwardian elements in terms of some of the technologies, yeah. and then yeah, Georgian in terms of the waistcoats, and, yeah, and, and the design and, 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 the, and, the, and, and the clothing. And, yeah, I'm totally good with that. You're fine with that, yeah. yeah. For me, I find that personally, I find that really off-putting. But um, and maybe that kind of goes it's to kind what of we're like talking the, about. The, the forgivability of in steampunk, or that kind of mixing yeah. up of different epochs and technologies. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the we'll, aesthetic we'll, works. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll finish off. We'll go to Nick. But for me, um, favorite universe. I like the ENM Banks. Um, universe is just something really rich and imaginative and vast mm. about it. I love. Also, Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, mm. I like that that universe. I think it's fun. Possibly the universe I'd least like to live in, though. Sorry yeah, well, that. all these universes, it depends really who you are and what you're up to in that universe. If you're a whale, suddenly conjured it into existence. That's yeah, exactly. not so good. Yeah. Uh, Nick? I think in terms of hours engaged with, mm. it would be the world of Minecraft, mm. which is a really strange, spooky world. Uh, very lonely, and um, but vast, infinite, and... Uh, and and you know, but nice and manageable. You you can go from sort of icy tundra to a to a desert in you know mm. the space of five minutes, but it's not too small either. And it, mm. and it has a nice you know you 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 always get something out of exploring. You'll see some new thing. No, no two worlds are the same anywhere. Um, so yeah, I, it's just that sort of sense of like infinite possibilities and its own completely unique weird physics system. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I probably Minecraft is the is the world, the universe I've spent more time in than any other. Although it's been Pop quite a, several years, yeah, um, since I uh, since, since, played I, since I played it. But yeah, I've got so many you know happy memories of uh, my time spent in in uh, in Minecraft. Yeah, with no. my with my kids, yeah. not by myself. My kids never played it, um, but yeah, okay, nice. Um, that was fun. So uh, we'll stop there. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Ragg, Nick Hare, and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.